And the greatest show is back here on 88.9 WMIO, the Laker Radio Network. Matt Wilding, Luke Owens. Good to be back. Football Sunday. It's good to be back. I mean, we weren't really going for that long. I I missed it, though. You know what? I feel like we we didn't get a lot of talking in. I missed it a lot. And it's good to be back. And a lot of great stories this week. Really, just some fun stuff. I'm excited for our, you know, our football stories. Also excited for Odd Man. I'll be running it today. I picked out some great stories for us to always, talk about. As always, we got Odd Man twelve twenty. We'll start off today uh, with the biggest news in New York sports, which of course is the Giants and Bucks. Later on, we got Yankees and Mets talk. A little playoff baseball coming to New York. It's gonna be one or two teams. We'll find out. You're you're already done chaining them. Yeah, I'm we'll gonna talk. tease it. We'll talk. Maybe the Mets are that team. Yeah. Who knows? The Yankees are gonna be eliminated. Who knows? We'll talk Patriots too. Patriots Jets too. And our NFL pick, and we're killing it. Yeah, we are so talented. Wow! It's honestly, if you guys aren't using our picks at this point, you're dumb. But, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm dumb than myself. I, I can't even. I can't even hype myself up without hyping you up. I mean, we both went four and one last. Four zero and one. We four zero and one. We had a push. So what does that make? Bears push was insane. Seven two and one. Yeah. Seven. That's seventy percent. That's insane. That's better because you have. You we're have basically a tie. just handing you free money at this point. Come on, man! If you're not taking our bets, then what are you talking? To? What are you doing? Bring me my money. What are you doing with your life? I love that. that. Video. You know what's crazy too? I still haven't looked at any of the spreads this week. Wow, I'm that good. Yeah, you're that. I I'm that good. I use ESPN. So I'm, the same, I'm that good. The what are you doing? Where are our bets? You think luck brings you seven, two, and one? No, I really don't. And also, at my internship on Fridays, we do picks as well, and they have me on. We pick all the games, and I think I I was eight and seven last week. Yeah, it's not bad. Week one, I was like nine and six. You're making money. Positive, baby. I'm in the 99th percentile for the ESPN pick by the way. Is it 99 like the top 99? Yeah. Like, no, like 99th percentile. So, like, you're one, we were within the 1%. Yeah. And, uh... There you go. Yeah, it's called Beat the P- Pick King, actually. If anyone beats me, they win $20. It's probably too late, because, like... Oh, that's right, weeks. yeah. Um, Are you just yeah, giving out $20? Yeah, anyone that beats me, I'll, I will Damn, give $20. I should have this. I'm in first right now, so... We'll I should have done this. How many people are in this thing? Uh, I think, like, 8 or 10. 8 to 10, somewhere in there. And do they put any money in? No. So free me. free money. Wow. Free money if you can come beat me. Free money. Speaking of money, Daniel Jones, sixth overall pick, cracks into the line of week three. And for me, the bigger story is Eli Manning than Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think so too. Um, if we want to talk Eli first, it just to me seems like it was, it was a lot sooner than I was expecting. I thought they were going to give Eli until they felt they were eliminated from playoff contention with the numbers. You know, not necessarily... I don't think anyone thinks the Giants can make the playoffs this season, but I thought they would at least give him, you know, eight games, and they gave him two games, and I didn't think he was horrible in those first two games, so it was kind of an interesting decision for me. Yeah, I agree completely, and I really don't like it, because I look at a guy, Eli Manning, that's a class act, he loves this team, he's so loyal to it, and this is the second time that they've really disrespected him in the last two, three years. Yeah. And look, I know it's about the team, it's not about the player, but just don't, just cut him. Just save him the embarrassment of after two weeks, you just... You bench him. It's not his fault. He's played really well. Yeah. The offense has been fine. You know, he's not he's not what he was, but he's much better than he was last year. And I, I understand you want to give Daniel Jones something, but give Eli until you're eliminated from playoff contention, like you said, because then you you see it and you say, okay, like the season's officially over. Eli's been great, but we need to look at our new kids. We want to see the kids play. Let them play. But for Daniel Jones to come in after two weeks of Eli playing very well. To me, it's embarrassing. It's not like it's. It's not like it's some schlub quarterback. It's not Kurt Warner. This is your franchise quarterback, the best one that you've had in the history of your organization, and you're gonna just let him go, bench him so unceremoniously. 
I mean, let him show at least if you're gonna bench him, at least show him some respect, and let him like come out with it. Don't just don't have your your owner have a press conference instead of sitting up there in his press box saying or in the owner's box saying nothing. That to me really put me off because now you have Pat Shermer, the only one defending the, the situation when it's so much more than playing. This isn't just your quarterback change or a roster change. This isn't trading Odell even. This is your franchise guy that's been there for 16 years now who's been everything it means to be a giant. He is a true giant in the way that in a Dave Gettleman sense when he wants to be a giant and all of that. And to me, it's just embarrassing the way that they let Eli Manning get benched like that. Yeah, and you talk about 16 years with this franchise. This is a franchise that after those, those 90s teams that won the Super Bowls, they were kind of in that middle road. You talked about Kurt Warner. He was kind of their franchise guy for a little while. Eli Manning gets drafted, goes to the Giants, gets a job. He wins two Super Bowls against the greatest quarterback of all time. And people can come out and say, oh, the defense carried him, oh, or this and that. That throw, obviously, he made to David Tyree, that was insane. The fact that he even got out of the pocket to make that throw is insane. The throw to Mario Manningham in the second Super Bowl, insane. This is a guy that won Super Bowls. He went on the road when the Giants were heavy underdogs in one game to put the Giants in a position to make the Super Bowl. And you're telling me that all he gets is two games this season? Two games this season. And this goes towards Daniel Jones and Eli Manning in a sense of these guys have no weapons. You're essentially hanging them out to dry. Sterling Shepard was out last week. You have Benny Fowler now hurt this week. Obviously, Golden Tate suspended for four games. Who do, who do they even have to throw to? And I think that not only are you throwing Daniel Jones in the fire, like you said, you're disrespecting Eli, but Eli's a veteran guy. You know, he's going to try to get it done no matter the weapons. Whereas Daniel Jones needs those weapons. It's going to be his first game. Sterling Shepard's questionable. Benny Fowler, I think, is out. No I, Golden Tate. I thought Shepard was in. Oh, he is in? concussion protocol. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, I, either way, your yeah. point still stands up. You have Sterling Shepard, Ingram, and Barkley. You don't have a, you don't have a second receiver, really. No. I think Corey Lattimore's done, right? He didn't play yeah. last week, I don't believe. No. Or if he did, he got hurt. If Benny Fowler's questionable, what do you have? My only The only reason I can pick from this, and I and I take I give credit to the Michael Cation when they were talking about it, is maybe this is how your schedule works. Exactly. You know, but also then to go Tampa, Washington, two bad teams. Yeah. These are teams that you can beat. They're not great defenses. Uh, I'd say Tampa is mediocre. Okay, but you they're they're beatable. Yeah, they're beatable. They're a team that you can beat. Washington, same thing. Minnesota's really good, quite arguably. They're a playoff team probably. Yeah. New England, or they could be. You know, their their division's really tough. But, but the Giants are below five hundred, so Kirk Cousins right. will go off against them. Exactly. <laughs> uh New England, amazing. Yeah. Arizona, Detroit, Dallas, you know, those are all the first three winnable. So when do you start him? Yeah. Well, my thing is, why don't you start him week seven? Give him what is that? Ten games. Because then you go Arizona. You start with Arizona, which is a terrible team. Detroit, Dallas is tough, but you can manage. The Jets, you know, Chicago, Green Bay, Miami, or Philly's really tough. But you have they yes play bad. Te- yes play good teams. Yeah. You can't give them the starts against bad teams and then give Eli the good teams. That's really what my question is now going into this. Is this going to be a week by week decision, or are they saying you, you can't Daniel do Jones week by week? God. You can't go week by you week. You can't. It can't. But it can't I happen. I could see it happening. Though. It can't happen. I could see it happening. It can't happen. You can't disrespect you like that. That's not how the, how football works. It's not how teams work. Imagine you have someone like, I guess we'll use hockey for example. You know, I said Robin Lander and Thomas Grice, and I guess it's a different story because you have them playing every time. Or, you know, like, imagine you say, okay, starter, you're going to play against every single good team in the playoffs, or whatever it is. Or, I, that's not even a good comparison, but I'm going to rescind that. But you can't just have a quarterback go in and come out. This isn't the Saints. 
where they use what's-his-face for three plays, Taysom Hill for three plays, and then they bring back in Drew Brees. And you can do that because Drew Brees is undoubtedly their starter. Right. Went healthy, obviously. No, I'm not saying they should take a week by week. I'm saying I could see the I Giants see that taking a week by week. They can't be that You don't insane. think if they lose to Tampa, they lose to Washington, they lose to the Vikings, Giants fans are going to be like, we want Eli back. No, because they're shifting. They're saying, okay, we're going to be bad this year, which I guess they could tell after two games. I could tell you three months ago that they were going to be really bad. Yeah. And maybe they shouldn't have kept Eli, or maybe they should have him training. You know what's crazy? They said they they said the Patrick Mahomes uh, path tracked. Yeah. This isn't the Patrick Mahomes tract. It's not. No. And not only is Daniel Jones not Patrick Mahomes, which I said on draft day or that, that next show. Yeah. But also, this isn't what happened. Let him learn the playbook. Does he know the full playbook playbook by now? Probably. But why don't why not let him sit back? Let him watch the defenses. Let him scout. Let him learn. He's a smart kid. He went to Duke. That's a good institution. So Great. let him learn. Let him soak up. Let him be knowledgeable. You saw what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's a much better quarterback than Daniel Jones. And they still sat him for, what, the first five, six weeks of the season? Yeah, and I think, well, one of the biggest differences there is, like I said, the Giants still have weapons. The Chiefs had weapons. They also had Alex Smith, who's, you know, he's an average quarterback. I think Eli's average, but Alex Smith at this point, well, at that point in his career was better than Eli Manning is at this point in his career. The Chiefs knew they could make the playoffs without having to make a dramatic change in weight. Whereas the Giants are kind of in the middle. I mean, obviously, they don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but you want to see what you have in Daniel Jones. But this becomes a slippery slope because if Daniel Jones doesn't perform well in these first couple of weeks, it's going to be mayhem, I think, with, the, with this organization because people are going to be calling for Daniel Jones' head. They're going to be calling for Dave Gettleman's head. They're going to be calling for Pat Shermer's head where you can't even really judge Daniel Jones. You can judge him, sure, for, for his full body of work, but with what he's been giving to work with, even if he puts up 24 points a game, the Giants are probably going to lose because their defense is that bad. They have no weapons on offense besides Saquon Barkley. And I just think this is an awful situation for a young quarterback to be thrown into this early, like you said. Just let Eli take the reins for the first, you know, eight, nine weeks. D- Daniel Jones still gets a solid six, seven games towards the end of the season where it doesn't really matter, but you can kind of see the flashes for next year. But by handing the keys over to Daniel Jones this soon, I think the Giants are going to regret that down the stretch. Yeah, I, I really agree because he just he doesn't have time. He hasn't built into a quarterback that knows how to, how to run it. Right. I, it just that to me is kind of astonishing and surprising. But now, to me, Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. And I know it's kind of different. I'm not sure how what the coverage was like in upstate New York. I know down on in New York City area, we love Eli. You know, he's a class act. He's all these good things. So I kind of wonder because obviously outside of New York area, like some guys question if he's a Hall of Famer, right. and I just think it's he's a shoe in for it. Yeah, I think he is too. I mean, it's a little bit different. I think maybe for us growing up in New York. I mean, even though I'm upstate. There's a lot of Giants fans in upstate New York, and they all loved Eli. And I remember when those Giants teams were good, people were people loved Eli. They loved that they had their franchise guy. I think it also is, is having the name Manning, I think, is going to help him in his Hall of Fame case. And to me, yeah, he is a Hall of Famer. I mean, you don't win two Super Bowls by accident. You don't lead a, lot, a bunch of good teams by accident. I mean, the Giants just a few years ago, that playoff game where Odell kind of imploded and Eli wasn't able to get him the ball enough, and that was... Obviously a big issue, but that was a good Giants team that made the playoffs. So it's not like he's been awful forever. It's just been the past couple of years the team's been bad, and the first thing that people gun for is the starting quarterback. So I think Eli kind of fell on the sword. He said all the right things. He's a class act, and to me, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's so impressive, just so talented. Right. Not only is he talented, but he just he's he plays such great complimentary football. And to me, 
I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady does very similar things. Right. I think he's a. I think he makes fewer mistakes than Eli Manning does, but they're both reliant on the pieces around them that are so talented and impressive. But what's wrong with that? Yeah. And to me, like you know, you say, oh, he has two Super Bowl MVPs. That's true, but that was at the time when when it seemed like quarterbacks won it every year. Right. So that kind of is a bit of a, a slant on him. But I mean, he played well in those games. Yeah, he did. There's no doubt. And the fact that you think his record makes him not a Hall of Famer, I'm not saying you, I'm just saying people in general, is a joke because the last four years, his team has been hot garbage. Right. Hot, hot garbage. Yeah, and without, I mean, Odell obviously was the guy that people thought that Eli should have kind of had a better connection with and they could have been something. But I think just with everything that happened with Odell, that's really, you can't really pin that on Eli Manning. And then last year you get Saquon Barkley, but it's it's towards the end of Eli's career, you know. So I think now with this game today against the Bucks, you establish the run game with Saquon. You have to. You have to let Daniel Jones ease into this game. He can't come out, you know, slinging the ball around the yard. The Bucks have a decent defense. They contain Cam Newton. They contain Christian McCaffrey. It's tough to do the same two weeks in a row. I mean, going against Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley back-to-back weeks is definitely tough. Um, but that's what the Giants are going to have to do. They're going to have to play conservative and put Daniel Jones in a position to succeed. Because he's not going to win you a game by himself. No, not at all. So you got to let him be in a situation to succeed. And we'll see what Shermer does. He's supposed to be... I mean, Daniel Jones is his guy at this point. So we'll see how that goes on. I, I don't know if he made that decision, but it's going to be kind of Pat Shermer goes as long as Daniel Jones goes, I think, at this point. Yeah, it's very quickly... Does he look good today? You know, just a quick little, not prediction, but we'll talk a little bit. Like, what do you think? I think he looks, you know, average. I think he makes a couple of plays where, where Giants fans are excited. He also makes a couple of plays that makes you think, you know, maybe we shouldn't have taken him sixth overall. I, I think he'll be average. I don't think he's going to be anything special. I don't think he's going to be awful. Yeah, I think I agree. I just, I think that defense is so bad. Whatever happens offensively is getting overshadowed by that. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about that. You know, fans aren't going to see the, the process in the building. They're going to see what happens with their defense that's just so bad i think he'll have an eli manning type of game where he was not spectacular but he's average matt wallowing just feels to the it's just it's such a good song it is a great song it's so good great movie we reference it a lot we do and we haven't referenced it in a while, so I thought it was time to bring it back. I agree. I don't know what you thought, but... So, also, Greatest Showman, great, great soundtrack. People don't like it. People, People are informed. roasting you for it last night. Yeah, I was just like, what's what's wrong with this? No, because we started the song, and it's like a 30-second interlude thing. I wanted the, the Fall Out Boy one. Yeah. That's the much better one. You mean Panic at the Disco? Panic, same thing. Same thing. They're the same... They're literally band. the same person. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, essentially. And, yeah, like, the intro's long... But we also we also sang to Battery Boys. Yeah. So let's but let's cool it with our, our saying, song choices. What? You're saying Battery Boys. Was that a, you're acting like it's a bad thing? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that we did that. Like we can't also listen to the Greatest oh, Showman. Okay. No, I know. I'm saying like that's a very wide. Track. Yeah. There's a very wide. Well, I guess that is somewhat. But there's also a very wide, I think, type of music that people listen to when you're you know hanging out with your friends. And I don't. Th- I think that was a good. I think that was a good choice, by you. I think that was a fine. I appreciate I'm sick. it. Don't come See, you also, like, you you didn't help me with it, though. That's true. It was just me, and everyone's like, what is this? Well, and you were just sitting there, like, oh, yeah, it's a good sometimes, song. You gotta say it sometimes. You gotta say it. But once in a while, you just let your friends kind of, like, so sometimes, get like, by everyone. You're so just like, I don't want to get involved. So I was kind of like, 
Jack on the Titanic. Uh-huh. So, like, everyone's, like, the iceberg, basically. Mm-hmm. You're surviving. You could have saved me. Mm-hmm. You could have pulled me in. I could have. And helped me. But you basically just kicked my feet, my face, kicked my forehead, knocking me off the wooden plank. I'm and sorry. then I drowned. I'm sorry. How does it make you feel you just drowned your best friend? I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Same time. You got sometimes you have to fight your own battles, alright? I can't fight all your battles for you. But I got basically teamed up on. Like you could you I didn't ask for you to fight I didn't for ask. me. I asked you to fight with me. I didn't ask to get in the fight in the first place though. But I was fought. I was attacked. That's true. If you were actually physically attacked, sure, I would have jumped in, but... I would hope so. I would, believe, I would hope can, my friends wouldn't attack you. You know how to use your words. You could have you could have battled it out. I use them as tools. It's really hard sometimes, though, in, in a setting like that, when, when people are against your song choice. There's mentality. Yeah. And there's nothing you bad. can say about it. They get angry fast. You know what? I think the reason is, and we're widely off topic, and we'll, we'll circle back at some point. I mean, who wants to really listen to Bills and listen to this? <laughs> I think the issue was, is that I was joking, saying, oh, let's play Dave Matthews. Earlier in the, the I don't know night. if you're joking. Though. No, I was dead joking because look, they're good, but they're not meant for that setting. Right. They're for me great summer. You're driving in the car. You're at the beach. But my joke was is that AJ shout out AJ from um Throwback Thursdays one to two on Thursdays and also shooting the breeze. I think it's three to five or four to six. One of those times, he hates Dave Matthews. Absolutely despises it. Why? He just doesn't like the, the music. I just well, I hate. I get it, because I don't like his... I didn't like his voice for the longest time, uh-huh. but he just doesn't like them. Gotcha. So I'm like, okay, like, I'm just make, making this joke every single time. And I guess it just kind of fell, because they didn't understand that I was joking completely. <laughs> and then I went back for the actual song choice, and everyone just poo-pooed it. Yeah. So now I'm just, like, sitting here, like, well, I should just go leave now, in my own house. Now we'll circle back. Circle the wagons, if you will. No one circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 2-0 this season. Both games on the road in MetLife Stadium. Beat the Jets, 17-16. Beat the Giants, more convincing, 28-14 last week. This is a hard team to judge right now because you knew going into the season the Bills' defense was going to be good. They're top 10. You didn't know what you were going to get out of Josh Allen. To me, he's looked very good early on. But they haven't played anyone. They played the Jets, who had Sam Darnold in that week one game, but they lost C.J. Mosley halfway through. You played the Giants, who we just talked about, not having the best of, of seasons. And now you play Cincinnati. So it's kind of tough to judge exactly what this team is so far, I think. Yeah, I agree. But when you look at it, you say, this is a team that, to me, in a sense, is kind of like the, the Bears from last year. Great defense. Great defense. Top, top three, top five, whatever you want to say. And their quarterback situation is questionable. So you say, can they dumb it down to the point where Josh Allen can succeed when he struggles? Because he will struggle against actual defenses that he still hasn't faced yet. Right. And I don't think he will face next week either. I don't know if he faces a real defense until... Well, they play New England next week. Next week. That's so week four is when he plays his actual defense. Yeah. So with that in mind, you have to temper your expectations. But look, beat the teams on your schedule. You could play the Browns from 2015 16 times, and I'm not going to go out there and say, hey, look, you had an easy schedule. That's why you're in the playoffs. If you beat the teams you beat, you're a playoff team. Right. Your record's 2-0. You're a 2-0 team. Are you the best 2-0 team? Probably not, but you're 2-0. So take that, improve each week, and I think this is a team that is a playoff team. At this point, I think they pocketed enough wins early on. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. 
And the way that their defense looks, I don't know how certain teams can beat them. I don't know how the Titans beat them in this defense. You know, I could see them going into their bye week, week six, four and one, with their only loss coming to New England. And I think that's kind of a culture shift. Because when you look at this team, I, I kind of have said this every week, they're still the Bills. So to me, that means this today could be a game they lose. Just because... It's the Bills. Yeah. Like, it's the Jets. It's the Bills. And not like it's not like this team isn't better than last year's team. I think this team is better than the team that made the playoffs in 2017 because they have a better quarterback situation. They have better offensive weapons. And I think their defense even is a little bit better than that playoff team that went 9-7 and seven and snuck in. So, it's how far, like you said, can Josh Allen progress. I think he's been, he's been solid. 19 of 30, 253 yards, a touchdown. Seven rushes, 21 uh, yards, and a touchdown. Did not throw an interception last weekend. Again, against the Giants defense. This week against a Bengals defense that has been putrid. But he's been in control. He hasn't made the bad throws. He hasn't made the, the dumb mistakes. He's had a couple of runs where you wish he'd slide instead of diving head first. But that's kind of the player that he is, and that's kind of how he's going to play. But the big thing for me is his weapons. Cole Beasley, John Brown. They've been great so far. Cole Beasley, four catches, 83 yards. John Brown, seven catches, 72 yards last weekend. So that's been the biggest improvement for me for the Bills is they've put Josh Allen in a position to succeed. They gave him the weapons, they gave him the offensive line, and now they're saying, I, we think you can put us in a position to win games. But at the same time, there's there's so many throws where he just completely misses a target. There's so many times where I see you know, him overthrow a guy by a couple feet or throw too high or he can't fit into a tighter window. And yes, those are issues that a sophomore quarterback will have, but he had accuracy issues back in, in college too. Right. So I genuinely wonder, is this something that you can fix? Or is this something that you sit here and you say, okay, we need to get a, a speedster. You know, I'm not sure how, like, how their receiving core kind of shakes up, but a, a Robbie Anderson type that can just zoom down the field and throw it far and he can just outrun his, his, the secondary. Right. Is that the type of play that you make? And then outside of that, you go for, you know, like five-yard slants with Cole Beasley? Do you go with screen passes, bubble screens, stuff like that? And also, Josh Allen's a great athlete. So I wonder, do you use more Wildcat? Do you try to bring in a Taysom Hill-type quarterback and let Josh Allen run around? Let him be a decoy sometimes. Let him do funky stuff. Do you really cater this offense around him? And I think they've done that with the, with the receiving game as well. You know, or the running game. Letting him run for however many yards he has, which I'll look up real quickly. I'm not sure if it's written on the sheet. But he's 21, running for... 21 last week and... 59 total. Yeah. So 17 attempts is not a lot for Josh Allen. No, and I think that's a good thing. And a lot of that's probably scrambling. I think some of that counts as sacks too, I believe. Yeah. So he could even have more. Because I think... Are sack yards lost counted for rushing yards? I know that is um, They are, but I'm not sure if they are for personal stats. I'm not sure how they, how they can figure that. But I, you know, either way, this is a guy that's very talented, and I think very just a great athlete. You talked about his accuracy issues. I think I've seen that a lot on deep balls. He's still overthrowing guys by ten yards. I mean, that's you know the big arm that people talk about, the Patrick Mahomes type arm. But in terms of tight windows, I think he's done a lot better job this season compared to last season. There's a couple of those throws where it just gets a little bit dicey, where you think it's going to intercepted, and the Giants dropped I think two interceptions last weekend. Um, on passes that were that were tipped at the line of scrimmage, but I think he's taken a lot of steps forward. It, it's clear that he worked a lot this offseason on that, and he's become a fan favorite, which to me is not as big a deal as as the talent. But I think he's definitely up there. He said, you know, I love the city. There's nowhere I'd rather be. 
And fans love to hear that. This is the most excited I think Bills fans have been about a home opener in a long time. But if you're legit, if you're a playoff team, you have to go out and win today. You have to. You can't yeah. lose to Cincinnati if you think you you're really a playoff can't. Team. I mean, you look at Cincinnati, but also at the same time, like, what if they play well and they it's like a last second play? You know, you look at yeah. Cincinnati, they're still, they're still a football team. I mean, Andy Dalton's second in the NFL in passing yards. Which is nonsense. I don't believe it. And, but they're also, they're 0-2. Yeah. But they played Seattle well. But yeah. you get blown by the Niners. The Niners, I still can't tell if they're good. So this, again, is a, is a game you probably need to win if you're the Bills. Going back to it, beat the teams on your schedule. You you If you don't beat win this game, you're 2-2 two and two after four weeks. And that sounds a lot differently than 3-1. Right, I agree. I agree. And you can't look forward to that Patriots game if you're the Bills. I don't right, think I don't, Sean McDermott yeah, coaches like that. Are. But you can't you can't be looking forward to that. Yeah. You have to get through this week. There's a lot of Bills fans that have already proclaimed the team 3 0. You gotta go you out and play the games. That. You gotta go out and play the games. You're not the Patriots yet. Not I mean close. you're never gonna be the Patriots, but you're not the Patriots. So just go out there and take care of the games that you're supposed to win. And I got a, I got a fun number for you, Matt. Twenty four. No. So the Bengals Can I guess the number? Can you can you tell yeah. me what the thing is and I'll guess the number? Okay. Have you don't look at your sheet. Have you looked at your sheet? No, I don't really. So the right. Bengals running backs, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Brown. Pretty good, yeah. right? Yeah, well, Mixon's hurt. How many... Yeah, but he's supposed to play today. Okay. How many rushing yards per game do you think the Bengals average this week? 64. Lower. 45. Lower. 13. Higher. 25. Higher. 30. 29.5 rushing yards per that's game. That's awful. That's they really bad. They Gio Bernard. It's like a huge That's really team. bad. That's crazy. How does that even happen? Yeah. I wonder what they're... Well, how many, let's see how many times they've rushed the ball. 33 times. I mean, they don't rush a lot. For 59 yards. That's still not good. I mean, 1.8 average. Is Andy Dalton a gunslinger? Is that what the... Is he good? No. can't even tell. He's, he's average, and the Bengals are probably but having also, like, the, He's well, the Bengals quarterback. Like, he's going to be the Bengals quarterback yeah. forever. Till he, till he let's dies. see how old he is. What, 20? I guess, like, 30, 31 at this point. Ba, ba, ba. 31, man. Look at that. Look at you go. Also, but, he's a Bills hero. He's going to get a warm yeah, reception. That, that's going to be my favorite part. Yeah. Where, like, he's going to just come in. And the Bills will be cheering louder for him than anybody else. That's because yeah. they beat the Ravens, right? Yeah. Because they lost. A fourth and 27. Oh, man. That's awesome. Touchdown. That's so cool. From Andy Dalton. And obviously, the, what happened after was amazing. The Bills fans donated his, his chair. That's incredible. That was raised awesome. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but also, just going back to the rushing thing. Yeah. They, 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 were, they played terribly against the Niners. Yeah. I mean, they were down the whole game. So, so if you're down the whole game, you, I mean, you start the Mixon game. Went down. By the by the start of this, By the end of the second quarter, you're down 24-10. So you're not running the ball at 24-10. Yeah. And then by the third, it was 34-10. So you're not running the ball in that situation. You're trying to gunsling it. You're trying to go on those things. And then looking at against Seattle, in terms of just the, the box score, whatever you want to call it, you know, they were down. They were That was a close game. You know, they were up at one point. So I guess that's kind of your issue there. But Seattle's got a good run defense, you know? Yeah, and one aspect for the Bengals, obviously, is A.J. Green's hurt. But John Ross... Or Joe Ross, sorry, and uh, Boyd have been have been really good to step up. Obviously, he's not going to be replaced, but they do have weapons. So I think the Bills secondary is going to be tested. And Eli Manning did an okay job. A lot of those yards came in garbage time, but he did an okay job last weekend against against a tough secondary. Yeah, but also like the Giants' defense. This John the, Ross, the, the Bills' defense is so good. The Bills' defense is so good. I know. Like, there's nothing you can say about it. Like, they're going to play this game really well. Defensively, to me, it's the offense. Can this offense score enough points? Can they avoid red zone turnovers or turnovers within their own 30 yards of their own end zone or whatever? Like That's the issue to me. This defense, I trust going up against any team in the NFL. Any team. And you can't kind of take your foot off the gas. I think no. They did that last weekend. They, they got up big against the Giants, 
And then going into the fourth quarter, it was like, what's, what's going on here, you know? So, as I pulled up now, I know the Giants scored first. It was 7 nothing. Bills were up 21-7 at halftime, and then they only scored one touchdown, and it came late in the I fourth mean, quarter. I mean, they only gave up one touchdown. Well, yeah, of course. And I'm not saying uh, they necessarily needed to, to beat the Giants by 40, but it would have been nice for them to kind of show yeah, up in the second half. But also, you don't want to uh, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they were fine. I guess I, I didn't watch the game, so you know more than I do. Probably goes beyond the box score. Beyond the box score. That's a great segment, man. Yeah. That we don't have any. We yeah. come up. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's – I, I'm okay with the Bills performance against the Giants. There was nothing that I could really pull apart from it saying, hey, like, you guys should have won by 45. Like, yeah. You beat your spread. It was like six and a half points. Cake, easy money. I think it's six today. Is it six for the Bills in yeah. Cincinnati? See, I, I don't know if I want to pick this mm, game, though. I could see it being like 24 I could see it being a huge trap game, though. Yeah. I could see that. Like, this was like easy, easy money. Yeah. Easy. Because for some reason, people thought the Giants were. They're so bad. Why do people think they're good? Yeah. Like, this is a Giants team that I could probably start. At free safety for them. Yeah. And I, I can't even run. Can't even run properly. Can't even hit a baseball. No. Mmm. Mmm. I mean. I, I've hit baseballs before. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta train me for the. For the I will. Game I will. Day. Before we throw it a break, I want to raise you this. So in Buffalo today, there's gonna be extra police presence because they think it's gonna be crazy home opener. To me, I feel like people are more like rambunctious, like illegal, when the team's bad. See. But I can like, see there's gonna be more people. Like, they're so good. But they're good now. They're so good. They're good now. I was gonna say, calm down. Calm down. So I mean, so good compared to like Bill's expectations. Yeah, yeah. You know? So they're so good and fun that people are just gonna be drinking more. And more people, more drinking, more tables. And for some reason, when when people get good, they start throwing stuff through tables. Yeah. And it's usually their bodies. It's wild. It's well, gonna like, be wild. Because no, if they're bad, like no one's really gonna show up. Mm-hmm. It's gonna nah, be Nah, Bill's fans always show well, up. It's gonna be dreary. Yeah. No one's gonna want to be there. Yeah. And then it's just like a drag. Whereas yeah. when you're winning, it's like, yeah, woo! Thank you for listening to the Weekend Recap with Matt Walling and Luke Owens. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Weekend Recap. The Weekend Recap? I don't know if I said it already. How can that song not make you happy? We're back. You know why I can't make me happy? What? Because my quarterback has mono! <laughs> Did we talk about this last week, too? Yeah, we did. How Sam Donald has mono? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of forgot the timeline of everything. It's just been like a whole thing. But he's got mono, and we won't really dwell on that, but we will have to just talk about this. this you can talk about Jets. any of the other quarterbacks that are also injured. Or, well, no, like, let's I just talk about the Jets in general. And I think that after that loss Monday night, it was disappointing. But look at who you had no CJ Mosley, no Quinnen Williams, and no Sam Donald. You had Trevor Simeon starting. I mean, the man. Hopefully he's okay. I'm sure he'll be he'll return to Trevor Simeon form at some point in terms of health. Really bad hit, mm-hmm. messed up his ankle. It wasn't he walked off the field, so like at least we had he had that. But just look at like look what he threw for. I'll pull it up here because I I just didn't write it down. But it was not good. It wasn't pretty. He went one for three or three for six for three yards. I think they're all like dump offs to Bob Bell. Three yards, dude. Come on. Are you serious? Are you serious? And you expect this team to win? Three yards from your starting quarterback on six attempts? And he played for a decent bit. Right? Yeah. He played for at least the first quarter plus. Right? Yeah. And Come yeah, on. Quarter plus, about. What do you expect from this team when you're getting three yards passing in the first half? I mean, what were you, 
What were you expecting from him? Nothing! You have to More temper your expectations. Hours. When you lose three of your best players, you should expect some regression from what was supposed to be a rebuilding year anyway. Yeah. Or a show-me year. So don't tell me, oh, fire Adam Gase. He's not good. Draft a new quarterback. Sam Darnold's not good. He wasn't playing. So how is he good or bad? Tell me that. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not going to say Adam Gase should be fired by any means. But for an offensive guru, his play call has been all over the place. But what it's does he weird. do it's in week weird. two? I don't what know. are you supposed to I'm do? Saying you, you are you supposed to let Trevor Simeon well, sling it? Or, or well try. sling it? Might as well try. He doesn't even know the offense yet. <laughs> that That's an actual really good point to to talk about. Is that Trevor Simeon has been on the team for, what, two, three months? Yeah. He doesn't get a lot of reps with the first team. Less than 30% that Daniel Jones was getting. So what do you expect from him? He doesn't know the offense well enough. Well, now he's out for the season. I mean, I think with right. Trevor Simeon, there was at least a chance the Jets could win, you know, a couple games. Beat teams like, you know, Washington, Miami. Well, they could probably still beat Miami. Yeah. But I hope so. oh you're expecting God, I hope them so. to win. Not expecting them, but you thought, you know, they could pull a couple wins off. Simeon's won some games but in the NFL. Were you, was, were you saying that he was definitely going to beat the Browns to begin with? Even no. if the team was fully healthy? No. no. You were going to beat teams like... Because the start of their season was tough. And that's another good thing is... Yeah, you're without Darnold, but you might have lost these games with Darnold. Yeah. So now, hopefully he comes back after the Philly week. At the very least, he comes back week eight after those first six games. Because the season, to me, I'm not saying it's over, but playoff aspirations have been postponed. I'll say that. Because yeah. one, they were kind of few to begin with. You didn't expect them to make playoffs to begin with. They were fringe, like the Bills were. The difference is the Bills have that defensive depth that the Jets just don't have. I think the Jets off- offensively with Sam Darnold could be better. I think that's a fair assumption to make by the end of the season. But that defense is a whole But the defense is terrible. It's not even close to what the what the Bills have. Right. And so, so what you say is, is you say, okay, let's temper a little bit. I want to see growth from Sam Darnold. I want to see Lev Bell be able to be a good court running back for a full 16 weeks. I don't want to see him slow down a little bit. I want to see Robbie Anderson learn how to catch a football. The Temple football alumni, catch a football. That's what they teach you there in Philadelphia. But they teach you. So catch it. At what point do you say, what do we do? I mean, do we just let Le'Veon Bell touch the ball 25 times a game still? Do you want him to have wear and tear in a year where you're probably going to go 3-13, and 4-12? and 12? I mean, not like you, you take the foot off the right. gas, but I think there comes a point where this is a year of, of Le'Veon Bell. This is, could be a whole year without Sam Darnold, where then 2020 becomes a year where it's a measuring stick. And I think at that point, Jets fans kind of say, we want to see pro- more progress than I think should be expected of this team. Well, if next year's a, a show-me year, then that's a problem. Because that's, that's Bell is two years is going to be on this after. It's, you're going to be moving into a year later where you have two years left of Bell, two years left on Darnold's rookie contract. That's when you should be winning championships or contending for them, not building your team up. Because then you sign Sam Darnold to a $40 million contract in three years because that's what it's going to be at that point. And you say, well, oh, well. We got no room to pay anybody else. Right. So you need this year. I, I think that realistically, Sam Darnold wants to come back week five. Mono's gone. It's about his, what, what, what body part is it? That, that spleen. Spleen. Can't rupture that spleen. His spleen. So once his spleen gets fixed, then, then we're gold. Right. And from what I'm aware of, the Jets have all their picks for this year's draft. Maybe you get a, maybe you get a top five pick. This is me kind of looking at it and you say, maybe you go four and 12. And Sam Darnold plays 10 of those games. 
and in those games he wins the four. He goes four and six. I'm that's okay. Yeah. If he shows me something and it's the defense's fault in a sense, then you know what? You take that top ten, top seven pick, top five pick. Maybe you trade down a little bit. Joe Douglas is a great GM for the most part. You say, all right, let's get two or three first round picks. Let's accumulate some good defensive prospects that can plug and play. Get a cornerback. Tremaine Johnson is hot garbage, too. Don't draft a linebacker that's going to be off the team before uh, the season starts. Oof. <laughs> Your third-round pick. Polite. Yeah. Jeez. Not so polite now, is he? No. But ooh. going into it, ooh. Oh. Go, again, looking back, get me another receiver. Maybe get me a running back if you want. Get. I love Taylor out of Wisconsin. I, I think he's like going to be a second- or third-round pick. I love him. I don't think he's a need for the really? Jets, but I think he's yeah, so good. He goes first round. I guess he could. I don't... I don't like drafting running backs in the first round. I think that his think value as a, not to go to college too much, but he's he's become more of a pass catcher this year. I think that makes him more valuable. That's true. Not quite Saquon level, CMC level, but yeah. But kind he's, of the he's idea. Probably what, what but was, yeah, you're right. Running backs don't have the same. Like value. I don't I don't want to draft. I mean, I don't want to draft a running back first round unless okay, it's yeah. your biggest no, need. I mean, you know, the Jets are not going to draft yeah. a running back in the first yeah. round. Obviously, get me get me a cornerback. Get me another linebacker. I think your front seven. Get me a pass rusher if you can. Yeah. And then get me a receiver or two. I think receivers have become a very hot commodity in the NFL. Like, if you can find that receiver in the draft, I think that's mm-hmm. huge. But I don't want an Odell-type receiver. I don't think you need that. I want – or even a Michael Thomas. I think you're fine if you just get a good receiver. Like, Doug, Doug, like a Doug Baldwin. Just get me a Doug Baldwin. Yeah. He was really – he just retired, right? Yeah. Very solid for Seattle. Led the team in passing yards. Wasn't flashy. Didn't have personality. And I hate the narrative of calling receivers divas. But I think you like the narrative. No, I, I hate, hate it. So I don't need... think you need it. I don't think it's. Ne- I don't think it's fair. Like, no, yeah, they have personalities because they're talented. Odell's gonna have a personality because he's a fun. He like he's a fun guy. He likes to be in the media, and just because he's a receiver, that makes him a diva. What if it was a, a quarterback doing this? Why aren't we calling Cam Newton a diva when he's wearing a barbed wire hat? <laughs> so, I think he's a diva because he's a personality. I don't think it's because he's a receiver, but regardless. Get me those pieces and show me next year that you make the playoffs. Next year, you win a game. Next year, you're a talented team that goes 10-6 and six and can make the playoffs and can maybe push the Patriots a little bit. Because they're not doing that now. They're not even close. It's horrendous how far off they are from the Patriots. It's horrendous how far off they are from the Bills. Two weeks ago, I was saying the Jets could beat the Bills and maybe sneak into the playoff spot. Yeah. But now look at this team. If you're listening to me. And it's not an overreaction in a sense. It's just changing your expectation. To me, what's really kind of would upset me um, as a Jets fan is, you know, Sandro goes down, and you're supposed to, this is supposed to be the year that he comes into his own. He's down. That's, you know, you, you don't get past it, but you look and you say, okay, what, what can we look at as positive? Quincy Nunwa, he's out for the year. You wanted to see him step into that number one wide receiver role. He's out for the year. Quinton Williams, the guy you drafted, the guy that we both love, both on and off the field, he's injured now. Not going to be a season ending, but he's hurt. You say, okay, we, we paid C.J. Mosley a lot of money. He's injured. You don't even know how he's going to lead that defense. So now it's like, what are you even, what are you looking at from this team? Who do you want to see improve? And you already know what Le'Veon Bell is. Maybe you wait for, for Herndon to come back and say maybe he steps he's up. He's really good, too. That's another good point. There's just so many pieces on this team that you could, without Sam Donald, you could say, I want to see how this guy does. And they're all injured or suspended. But they can't. You can't see a receiver or a tight end play without Sam Darnold because who's throwing them ball? The exactly. ball. But I mean, on defense, Brent Coleman suspended. Quinn Williams hurt. C.J. Williams is hurt. 
There's just not a lot of yeah. a lot of positives to draw from this team. Even if you're a bad football team, you can say, "Oh, look what we have! Look what we have!" It, there's just no one there for the Jets to be excited about. But also at the same time, looking at it from a defensive standpoint, if your offense is constantly going three and out yeah, in thirty seconds, how are you supposed to have your defense actually perform well? Yeah, you know. And I, I really like that the safety tandem, especially they're so good of May and Adams. They're they're really good. Which that whole Adam situation. Was I think it's a whole bunch of nothing. Because you know what? His pin tweet is still a Jets thing. Yeah. And it says, like, us against the world or whatever. So you know what? He's all good. He's not He's not this Jalen Ramsey nonsense requesting a trade. And then the Jaguars are like, no, nah, we're going to keep you. I don't like how the NFL is changing into, like, an NCAA transfer portal. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't... I'm not saying, you know... To me, the Dolphins is a little bit of a different situation because they're tanking very clearly. And these guys and it's on the team want success. Succeed, sorry. Yeah, and it is dangerous. But, you know, Jalen Ramsey gets in a spat with his coach, and he immediately wants out. I just, I don't know. And then, obviously, Antonio Brown is a whole other level. But I just think the guys requesting trades have gotten a little bit crazy. Yeah, and, like, with basketball, it's different because you can get – there's trades in basketball. There aren't usually trades in football. In basketball, if Anthony Davis wants out, I mean, the Pelicans won that deal. I think they won the deal. I'll say that straight up. We'll see what happens this year. I mean, I I guess if the Lakers win, like – then if they win a championship, then obviously they they, they yeah, won same too. Yeah, trade. But championship, they win a trade. But like, like, what are you supposed to do in, with football? Like, what are you trading a guy that has that's twenty eight and might have one year left? Right. How do you how do you have a value on that? I don't know. I agree with you there. I think it's a little bit weird. And for Jalen Ramsey, not to dive too much into it, if you're fighting your coach, it means you both want to win. It means you both care. Don't you want that? I want someone that's going to challenge me, respectfully. Don't you want to play with Gardner Minshew? That man is a beautiful legend. Yeah, who we'll talk about later. Let me let me raise you this question, because the Patriots' defense has been unreal. They've played the Dolphins and the Steelers, which I think should be taken yeah. into account, and now you play the Jets. Oh, but the Steelers are good, man. Oh, the Steelers sneaky good. Isn't that what you were saying? Yeah. We'll see. Hey, no, they're trash. They're hot garbage, too. Do the Jets, I know this isn't our pick spread, do the Jets cover 21 point underdogs on the road in Foxborough with Falk as, as the starting quarterback. Or uh, fails. Don't forget him. Or fails. Fails? Is it fails? Fails. Fails. I mean, I'm not picking this game regardless, but if I had to, I would say, feet to the fire, I would say Patriots in a landslide. Me too. But you know what's scary? And I'll, and I'll, bring you, I'll bring up this. The spread against Miami for the Patriots was 18 and a half. Yeah. Now it's 21. So what does that mean? Does it mean the Jets are worse than the, the Does it mean the Jets are worse? Do we like the Patriots this much more after they absolutely destroy Miami? Yeah. Or is it, look, we don't like the Jets because half their team is injured. Yeah. I mean, their best players, four of their best players are all hurt. Well, what happened with the Patriots and the Dolphins was interesting because Belichick and, uh, what's his name, Flores, mm-hmm. Flores for the Dolphins, they're kind of good buddies, so they're kind of, you know, calling timeouts at the end of the game, trying to score, stuff like that. That won't happen this week. But I think the Pats win, you know, 31-3, to so that's a cover. So I think it's going to be something like that. Yeah, I could see it being like 31-10, yeah. which is also a cover. Yeah, so something. It's going to be ugly. No, I think the Jets will give them more than 31. I really do. Yeah. I can see them give up like 40 points. Could what, What's the over-under? We'll give you our second pick for that, too. Uh, over-under is, is 43. I think the Patriots might score 45 themselves. Really? So smash the over. Oof, I don't know about that. I think that's going to be interesting. Could be... Uh, the Jets' defense is so bad. I mean, you could run the ball to kill clock. No James White. Still gonna score. The Patriots still have enough weapons. Why isn't James White playing? Uh, his wife's having a baby. Oh, congrats! Congrats on the. On well, the- him and him and uh, I think it was Van Noy had a kid last week. 
and someone was like, oh, so oh it's like nine, nine months, months after yeah, Super yeah. Bowl, but it's not actually nine months after Super Bowl, it's like six months. Super Bowl is what? February. February? Oh, yeah, it's like six months. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I gotta November. make sure my lineup's set then. I had to count that. Yeah, so White is out, but I mean, it's the Patriots. They have they're five running backs. Yeah. They have Rex Burkhead, they have Sonny Michelle. They're gonna throw everything at yeah. you. Yeah, they're, they're really good, and I think they might be the best team in the NFL, even without Antonio Brown, and I don't even want to bring up the whole game aspect of Antonio Brown because I think it's disgusting and I don't think that that's something you should even really want to talk about given what he's allegedly done mm-hmm. but this team with him without him I mean he played one week so from a football sense you don't need him no this team is still too good especially if Josh Gordon stays on the field and keeps himself in the right which I think he will he's I think that the Patriots not as scared he's scared he is and I think the Patriots are do a good job in being able to keep a you know, Robert Kraft, great guy. Tom Brady loves him. Everyone loves him. Um, great owner. Great guy is an interesting Great guy. owner. How about that? Labels is that better? Him. Yeah, that's fine. Great he's owner. Great owner. They, the organization the team loves well. him. I could see him having a, not a security guard, but a, a guy with Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. A, a psychiatrist, I think. Someone that's going to help him through these things, help him through addiction, and that makes it that much easier. And Josh Gordon's off the field does not hold a candle to Antonio Brown. No, not at all. Allegations off the no. field either. I mean, you have... And a, we were talking about... Yeah. Obviously, and the thing is... It was a problem. The thing is for Josh Gordon is that he recognized it and fixed it. He's yeah. trying to fix it. Yeah. That, to me, is the most important thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, too. And, I mean, now Julian Edelman, obviously, is going to be the guy that's always there. Dorsett's had a good start to the season. So, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I could see them putting up 40. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like there's a little bit of mutual respect between Oh, the two not teams. at all. You know Absolutely not. Thank you for listening to the Weekend Recap with Matt Wilding and Luke Owens. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Weekend Recap. Yankees, 101-55. It's not the biggest story because we knew it was coming this year, but they clinched the AL East for the first time since 2012. I think that's a bigger deal than people letting on. I mean, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox have all won the division since the Yankees won it. They don't have to worry about that wild card game. So I thought it was it was really important that they that they won the division this year. Yeah, true. But also, I hate this whole narrative and that's real on social media where like Red Sox fans are like, oh, like we won four and the Spaniards won seven, like one. I don't care. Like, get off this whole recency thing. Why, like, is that the route that we're going? We've won four since your last one. Who cares? Or four since the century. Like, that was 19 years ago. So what, in 2000 or whatever, when the Yankees ended up, like, one or whatever it is, or when was, like, the, what, 2002 is the Red Sox win? 2004? 2004 was the first time. 2004? That was 15 years ago. I was five. Are we really counting that? Why don't we count back the 1900s then? And obviously baseball is different, but in the last 15 years, baseball's changed so much. So I don't need to hear this whole... Oh, the Red Sox are this much better than the Yankees. They're both they've both been great over the last twenty years. In different ways. Yeah. The Yankees, I've never seen them under five hundred in my entire life. Yeah, the Red Sox has had some pretty bad years. That's impressive for the Yankees. That's continued success and greatness from this team that's gone through I would say two two, maybe even three different teams. You had the the core four. Then you had the back end of Jeter, which is different when you added CeCe and all those guys. Uh, and now there's this year's team. So there's three iterations of Yankees baseball that hasn't gone under 500. That's insane. And That's now you're insane to think about. Right. And now you look at the Red Sox. What? Four, three, four World Series in the last 15 years? Yep. Tremendous success. 04, Different teams 07, doing it. 13 and 18. But they're not making the playoffs this year. They're pretty bad this year. Yeah. They don't look like they're going to be that good next year. They fire their president. So they're different teams. They might trade Mookie Pats. There's different types of teams here. 
Yeah, I agree. Ooh, Mookie Betts for no Syndergaard. Red Sox add more. Yeah, straight up. But why not? Let's do it. The yeah. Yankees Red Sox defense player, I hate. I hate both sides of it. I mm-hmm. do. Because I think the Red Sox fans have a point where, you know, we've been better re- recently. But also with the Yankees, it's like, why, why when you clinch the division, the first thing you do is attack Red Sox fans on Twitter. I just, but also, like, I just don't the, hate it. I don't also, like, that's I don't like either fan base. And I really don't. You said, like, what, last, Friday night, you're like, I hate the Yankee fan, yeah. fan base. I don't like the Yankees fan base. I, There's I, just so much, there should be more arrogance to it. Look at the Patriots. Yeah. They don't they don't talk it in garbage or anything. Why why when the Yankees lose to like Toronto in the second game of a series are people commenting it's over like we're it's over like you're not going to go 162 and 0. Yeah, it, it's it's so ridiculous. Like why can't we just enjoy this season? You know, why can't we just That's say because there's so many old Yankees heads on Twitter that just don't understand that this is not the 1900s where you can't win the World Series every year. It's very difficult to win a World Series. There's not been a back-to-back winner since 2000. And I think that's what makes that baseball again? great. That was the Yankees. What? 99-2000. But you're right. And looking back, yes, I'm disappointed the Yankees will lose the World Series if you're a Yankees fan. Yes, you can mean that. But to say it's a failed season when you're not the Dodgers, who are kind of on the tail end with Kershaw, when you're not the Dodgers younger teams. Awesome, of course. Right. But when you're, when you're a young team and your talent's all young, yeah. if you lose this year, so what? You'll win one eventually. I don't know about it's, that. It's... Yes, you can't expect everything, but you're due at some point. You have to think that. Because, again, they're building for championships, as Brian Cashman likes to say. They're building for that future. But I they're hate that. They're building these new I guys. I hate that he says that. But you hate it, and you know you obviously want one. You have to win that first championship. But they you want to win at some points. point. You can't, you you can't have assume, to assume that. You can't assume that. Assumption. You can't assume that. Why not? Well, I, do I think this team will win a championship at some point? Yes. But you can't lose every year and be like, oh, it's okay, because next year, yeah, X, Y, and D is going to happen. This team feels like that team of destiny. And, you know, it's, it's a stupid saying to you. No, use. you're right. But they battled through all the injuries. They battled through poor pitching in the beginning of the year. They found all these hidden gems. This team just feels like the one that you have to at least make the World Series to me. You have, or at least compete with the Astros and the ALCS. If you lose in the first round, it's a failed season regardless. I agree with that. Yeah, that's a fair like, We have to at least go to that extent. You need at least the CS. Because you can beat the Twins, you can beat the Athletics or the Rays. The Astros are a different story, because they're actually pretty good. Yes. And really I, good. I think everything this year has been a preparation for the Astros. Yeah. You know, 100%. messing around with pitching. How can we match up with their three guys? How can we do this, this, and that? And speaking of that, we've talked about this basically every week, Matt. And I think most people thought this, but we're definitely out on front of saying the Yankees are probably going to manage this postseason with the bullpen. Uh, just to touch quick, so Paxton yesterday, six innings, three hits, seven Ks. He's been what you Tenth mean. straight start with a win. That's insane. First time since Ron Guidry did it in the 60s for the Yankees. So then Boone says, the only traditional starter the Yankees are going to use in the playoffs where you say, you know, this guy can give us six, seven innings is James Paxton. I don't know if I like that. And I've been on the bandwagon of openers and all that nonsense, but... To go into it saying we're going to pull uh, Tanaka after four, or whatever it is, or have some open for him, is weird to me. Because he's supposed to be your ace. He's your guy that when you come to the playoffs, you gave him that huge contract, he's that guy that's supposed to show up for you. Give him a shot at least, you know? But the thing about Tanaka and Hap is their third time through the order, they get exceptionally worse. You can't have him going through the Astros yeah. lineup three times. So how what how many innings does that make it? So you is either four innings, yeah, five, four or five. Either open Chad Green, let him get through the 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 top. Yeah, I think that's what you do. You know Springer, Altuve, Correa, Bregman. 
Because then you bring in Tanaka. I like that. Let him eat some innings. Yeah. And then you go your your big guns. Because I think after you do that, maybe you let him face the five, six, seven, eight right or the third time. Yeah. Because that's and a different once, look. One, yeah. Because those are obviously worse players. But those are tough pitches in a first inning. If you say, "Oh, Tanaka, we give you the ball." Go get out Springer, Altuve, Correa, yeah, yeah, Bregman. Those are you might not get. And also, you don't those want are to... stressful outs. Give yeah. him the Chad Green who's only going one inning, two innings. Exactly. And you don't want to even like have him face those guys that many times. Maybe they only face him twice. Right. And then you face the other guys three times, and then you're eating innings that way. And it's really unique, and that's something you never really th- thought about even back yeah. five years ago. I mean, when the Rays did it, it was crazy. Yeah. It was eye-opening. So I guess use it in that sense. But for me, if I look at this team, and I say, why not Severino? Yes, yeah. he's coming back. He's only had a couple starts. I he's think he's just a little bit. Boone's just a little hesitant to come out and say That's we're going to let him go. But as then far. don't say that you're going to only packing your traditional guy. Like, why do you have to come out and say this? Yeah. Did someone ask you how are you managing your starting pitching? And I'm you don't have to say it like that. Question, yeah. You could say you know like we like Paxton a lot. We think he's good. We're gonna we like all our guys. Whatever. Like, you don't need to give us that much information. Yeah, that's true. I appreciate it because we're talking about it, but I don't. You don't need it. Yeah, and the pitching was. I mean, it, it's just interesting because. You have Domingo Herman. This obviously is an issue that's much bigger than baseball. But he's not going to be. He's he's out for the season with the uh, domestic abuse violence case. Then you have Del Matanzas ruptures Achilles. Or not ruptures, but pretty close to ruptures. Yeah, he's he out for the season. It. That's just insane that to me. That's a tough loss. You feel so bad for the dude. He's supposed to get paid this offseason, and now he might not get paid. Yeah. Which is which is really unfortunate. So now the Yankees are going to try out CeCe Sabathia out of the bullpen for two games. Uh, down the stretch to see if he can uh, make it to to be in the bullpen for uh, the playoff run. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Yankees kind of manage everything down the stretch because you have these injuries, then you have Edwin Encarnacion coming back. You have Gary Sanchez coming back. You have Gleyber Torres who had a little bit of a scare with his hamstring, but he'll be uh, he'll be back this stretch, but they're going to be cautious. So it's, you know, how cautious are you? And how hard do you push for the best record at this point? I, I feel like you, you kind do. of take a step back. I don't think you do. I think yeah. you're you're two games back of it because you can't tie the Astros. At that, you, they have the tiebreaker, obviously. At that point, just try to battle with the with um, the Dodgers. You know, you say, okay, we're not going to be able to get it with the Astros, but maybe we can beat the Dodgers. Maybe yeah. we can get second best record, and then maybe you hopefully plan on beating the Astros regardless because you're going over. You want to go to the World Series regardless. And right now, you're two games up on the Dodgers. So even with that, and I think you have the tiebreaker, too, against the Dodgers, because they yeah. played very well against them in L.A. a couple weeks, months ago. So maybe you say, all right, let's do that. But all this season's coming down to winning the, is to winning the, what do you call it? The World, the World Series, as we said. So make sure that you're fixing yourself up to win the World Series. It's kind of what the whole entire thing is. Right. And to me, just going back to the Herman situation, I know we don't like really talking about it, but I think it's something that kind of needs to be addressed. I hate talking about stuff like this. Yeah. Because I, I don't really know. It sucks. Exactly. But, you don't know what happens. If you see yeah. what happens, you but can But no, I don't know in general. I don't know what how this stuff should be processed right, or worked. Yeah. But I like the way that baseball handles it, where you're automatically, you're not suspended, but you're just removed from baseball. Yeah. I think that's great because it puts the Otis on the league. It's clear. If you get alleged, then you're in trouble. Yeah. You're not, you're not, then, it, then the, the Yankees don't have to kick him off the team because if he didn't do it, then that's annoying. And even if he did do it, someone else is going to pick him up. You yeah. know? That's how that's how sports works. I mean, the Yankees signed that role as Chapman, so I don't think they're going to have a problem bringing back him on. Right. But I, I would like to as see that how this comes about. And if it happened, and if it was serious, that's disgusting. And I don't know how 
you look at him in the locker room, I guess you have Chapman that yeah. kind of had that similar case. But, you know, he's a young guy. He needs to be, you know, you need a guy like Aaron Judge or one of your leaders to, to help him. Because maybe this is a problem for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think you, you said it better than I could. So I'm not going to, you know, go any further into that. I think I agree with what you said there. Um, let's transition over to the Mets. <sighs> the Mets, the Mets, the Mets. They're now 80 and 74. Oof. They're four and a half games behind the Brewers. Maybe. They're a playoff team. They're a game and a half behind the Cubs, who are our third in the wild card right now after that crazy weekend series where the Cardinals just came in and really put the nail in the coffin for the Cubs, I think. Definitely for the for the division. You can't lose to the Reds if you want to make the playoffs. You can't lose that game yesterday. That was rough. I think that was a nail in the coffin. I, I agree. I mean, you're four and a half games back with eight games to play, and the Brewers haven't lost a beat. No. I mean, they were eight and two in their last ten. I don't think they've had, um, what's his face, for any of it? Yelich, no. Yelich, for any of it. And they Your really team that stretch. looks very good. Oh, their schedule is a cakewalk. Yeah. Milwaukee, Pittsburgh one more time. Cincinnati three. Colorado three. I mean, that's insane to me. I mean, you're not playing a single team above 500 for the rest of the season. That's wild. And maybe yesterday wasn't the nail in the coffin for the Mets. But maybe it was the Dodgers Rockies losses back to back. But you just can't lose it. You can't. I mean, your your season's over. You can win out to me. The Mets could win out and they won't make the playoffs. No, I genuinely won't. believe that. I genuinely believe what, if they do not that's lose another game. That puts them up three and a half. So the Brewers need to win three games. Yeah. Not in their final ten. They could win the, the rest of the game. Me? They could sweep yeah. the rest of the season out. I mean, and it goes back to this for the for the Mets, and it's hitting. They just seem to me they seem to run out of gas. They seem exhausted. With everything. Because they played such high-intensity, basically, playoff baseball the last two months. Yeah. And you you floundered a bit. And you've been able to bat- battle back. But at the end of the day, when you when you go four and two-thirds innings straight without a hit or without a base runner, that's embarrassing. Yeah, you cannot. You can't afford to do that. But at the same time, we're going to circle back and say, is this team that far off? Right. You know, like, a couple moves here and there, and this could be a playoff team that we're talking about. Because I like the pieces they have. But to me, their season was en- ended before this. You know, we, we said, oh, they have a chance, three games, three games. But look at the other teams around them. You're not put in a position to win when you're three games back and the teams you're, that are you're battling against have cakewalk seasons and cakewalk schedules. And for the Mets, you are six and four in your last ten. You need to win all these games. Yeah, it's just way too middle of the pack. You can't afford to go... Six and four in your last ten. Right. It's just not good enough for this team. I don't. I don't understand where they're, they're. It feels like there's no urgency. And I'm not. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not listening to these guys. But Mickey Callaway does not sound like a manager that that has any urgency. And I think with that, that sh- that should be ground for firing him in a sense. Because if your team is needs every single game and you lose a game, and you're like, oh well, like we lost, or that one when they blew what, a six run lead against the Phillies. I think yeah. it was Nationals. Yeah, Nationals, and he said, "Oh yeah, like, this one hurts just as much as any other one." You're you're lying, or you're just an idiot. Yeah. Because if you're, you're that's a game you, <laughs> you can't you be that had dumb. to win that game. Yeah. And if you don't win it, then there's a problem there. Right. And it shouldn't be. Oh well, like yeah, it happened. You should be getting angry, get mad, get. Don't sound defeated. That's what he sounded. He sounds defeated. But you shouldn't. You should sound angry or mad or frustrated, or whatever it is. Not not with your players, but with yourself. If you want to put it on yourself. Put it on the team as a whole. Put it on the staff. Put it. You know what I mean? Don't go out there and say, hey, you, you suck. Say, we were awful. This was a team embarrassment. Because it was embarrassing. 
and I think you you definitely hit the nail on the head too before. I mean, you're right about Callaway too, but this offense just seems to have no life left. I mean, Zach Wheeler turned in seven innings, one earned run. You have to win that game. Zach Wheeler went out and put himself on the line. If you're in that locker room, you know, Pete Alonso, he's a young guy. But if you're Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, uh, even the veteran guys in that locker room, or in that, in that dugout, I guess, if it's during the game, you have to rally. You have to score runs. You cannot lose that game. They lost that game. Like you said, there's been no urgency, and I think that's on Mickey Callaway as well. I think you have to get rid of Mickey Callaway at this point. To me, I there's agree. no, there should be no argument. I hundred agree. I don't care if you, if you're, if you're Brody Van Wagen and you rode with him all year. At this point, you have to see it. You have to see that Mickey Callaway is not the right manager for this team. He isn't. And the thing that's crazy to me, and we'll talk about giving up or mistakes and stuff, is that I don't know if you were watching part of the game, but Todd Frazier thought there was a foul ball, which led to the first run for the for the Reds, and he didn't play for it. Yeah. And it was fair, and they gave him a run. This is literally like like this is Todd Frazier we're talking about. This is one of the leaders on your team. What does that say about this team? What does that say about these guys in the locker room? About Mickey Callaway? About the coaching staff? And I'm sorry. Well, what does it say about Todd Frazier now? Is he 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 was built on good defense and being a team guy, but that's not being a team guy. So where what went wrong? Yeah. Is he just done? Is he mentally checked out? Is the team not being able to lure him in? What's the issue with it? There should be no excuse for being lazy on a play like that. Especially, you know, it is baseball. It's a grind. It's 162 62 games. I love the sport just as much as anyone. But there's a lot standing around in baseball. You should be active when there's a ball hit. No matter what, you should be active. This isn't football where, you know, you're, you're tired. You take a playoff. It's not understandable. It's like, you know, you've been, you've been grind, grind, grind. You know, you've been making contact, making contact, making contact. You just get tired of it. But in baseball, if you're standing around at third base and there's a ball hit, you should be going after. It should not matter if it's fair or foul. If it's even borderline, if it's within five feet, you should be going for the you should be going for the ball. There's no excuse to be lazy in baseball. And I, I want to know what, what happened. He called it a boneheaded mistake, and then he talked later on saying when he was younger, I think he did the same thing. I think it just no. can't happen. Actually he said he always said when he was younger, play it through. And what happened that he didn't do it? I'm exactly. really curious. I, I don't understand. Is it the, was it a him thing or shit? Culture thing? Is, it, is it culture? Not ownership, but is it, is it the coaching? And I look back and I say, this team needs a baseball guy. They need a pro. So whether it's Buck Showalter, who's not big into analytics, but I'm sure he changed, or Joe Girardi, who clearly changed with the Yankees, his only issue was that he was too hard on the guys. Yeah. He was too mean. And I, you know, like I, I understand that. And sometimes it's just stupid good millennials. For a oh my god! Sometimes it's good for a change. So I understand that. I'm not going to get mad and say, "Oh, he should have been there forever." Because sometimes things do get stale. Sometimes you need a new voice. No, I agree. I'm But both those guys, Showalter and Girardi, are two baseball savants. They know the game. They love it. And I think you need to go with one of them. Yeah. Because they're they're proven commodities. None of this Mickey Callaway. He's going to accentuate our pitching. Meanwhile, we got the worst bullpen in baseball, and you don't have a closer. But you got Seth Lugo, who's great. Yeah. So what are you doing here? I mean, it's it's crazy how mismanaged this team can actually be and how crazy things like this happen to the Mets. We talk about the same old Jets and their issues. I mean, their quarterback gets freaking mono. What about the Mets? The Metsiest thing ever that happens here. Yeah, it kind of is. And I don't know if this team necessarily had the tools to, to be in the playoffs or make a, a run but they were there. in the postseason. But they were there. And I think in, that's what in August or September, In late August when they went on that tear and you were on the bandwagon, when you were driving full force... They were there. You were driving to a brick wall yeah. a little bit way down the road. Yeah. And the thing is, is that they were right there. All you had to do was play, what, 600 ball the rest of the way? 
Yeah. And you could probably make the playoffs, maybe the 500 ball. Maybe don't start the season that bad. Maybe don't do that. You have guys that can make you go on a hot streak. We saw it in August. This is a team that if they make the playoffs, maybe they win a couple rounds. Yeah, I mean, you have maybe they mess around and play pretty well. You got great starting pitching. You got a couple bats that can get hot. And when you have that, anything's possible. Yeah. You saw it in 2015. 